Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 Oh my gosh, have you heard about what year it is? Guys, it's 2004, right? Yeah, it's one of the, the best year years. Where we finally take out Saddam Hussein. Exactly. We did it. It's the best year oh, ever. God, I love being alive in 2004. I love Re- Saddam Hussein. Oh, shit. Nope, I don't. Re- uh, re-electing the guy Saddam? who did it. Oh. Nah, nah. Bush 2. We want him again. We're all over the place here. Because There's all well, sorts of other countries we Jonathan, haven't invaded. Jonathan Kerry wasn't um, Jonathan Kerry. Much, of, much of anything. Uh, that guy. We'll talk about Welcome him later, actually. <laughs> Welcome to the worst year ever. to the worst year ever. Yes. That's it. I'm Cody. <sighs> Great job name. introing that, the Thank show, you, Cody. Thank you, Katie. Really, we really nailed that. Um, I'm Katie. Hi. That was Katie. I'm Katie. Cody. Shit. I'm, Kate. I'm Katie. Hi, Katie. Uh, and Robert's here. Oh, Sophie's voice as, as well. Hi. I just want to take a moment to shout out to all of our new listeners. Yes, it is this chaotic at the top of every episode. Yeah, because um, professionals, and again, I think this is important for people to know, is that professionals should never at any point understand how to do their job. No, 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 mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. End of show. Competence, um, yeah. competence is for losers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that motto's taken us far from 2016 to 2020. <laughs> yep, but I have a feeling we're all about to learn how uh, quote-unquote competence doesn't mean all that much when the people's are rating competence based on who's best able to reinforce a military industrial complex and a system of austerity measures. And that brings me to Joe Biden's cabinet picks. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I thought we were starting with coronavirus <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it was just too good. And it was too, yeah, too, yeah, yeah. It was too it was, good. It was inevitable. We can go back to coronavirus now, but <laughs> we are going to be talking about the two things we're going to be talking about today is, is that Rona uh, and also Joe Biden's cabinet picks. Yeah, a little bit. A little welding of two worlds. They'll transition seamlessly. We'll find it. Yeah, um, that's a little preview of our great transitions. 
I mean, look, if I was like a good improviser and just yes, yes ending, I would have just gone with it and not said, wait, 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 wait. But I had a plan. I, I know. Reorient I know. quickly. Stick, stick to the plan. Um, yeah, we're going to talk move. about move. COVID up top because it is a okay. national emergency. Um, is it, it's not what, like what's it. going on with that. Didn't we cure that? Not yet, unfortunately. I'll start with good news, which is, of course, that we will have a vaccine relatively soon. Uh, we have at least two vaccines now with more than 90% effectiveness. Cool. A third one, AstraZeneca, uh, is still seeking authorization to provide um, emergency doses, but they also have hit the 90% threshold and they are likely to receive it. Um, the government projects that Pfizer and Moderna will provide 40 million doses, enough for 20 million people by the end of the year. Um, and those first doses are expected to hit the, the, the U.S. in early December. Uh, which is now. So where you at, doses? Hmm. Um, but the, the first people that are going to receive it are frontline workers, uh, people in nursing homes, uh, those who are the most at, at risk, as it should be. Congratulations to science for winning, mm-hmm. for winning in mm-hmm. a super fast style. That's cool. Uh, all we had to do was burn through our entire supply of doctors and that's nurses. That's it. That's it. That's all it took. A mere human sacrifice. Um, I, I don't want to congratulate the president, <laughs> although he, he did. had nothing to do with this? Because he had nothing to do with it. Well, he did yeah. promise that there would be a vaccine by the end of the year. Uh, and, and, you know, Operation Warp Speed did provide a lot of funding to the different people, research places doing all all of this vaccination creation i don't know what do you call it there's probably a real term um but no he didn't have anything to do with it it's just wild because he could have left this looking like a real hero if he'd done things very differently but of course he didn't and he is responsible for hundreds of thousands of lives being lost yeah because the thing that's incredibly frustrating about this is that if he had done everything else that he did including the you know increasing the number of kids in cages including the the crackdowns on both undocumented and documented immigrations including the muslim ban including the uh sending federal troops into cities to beat and arrest people illegally if he'd done all of that but had also been minimally competent with his coronavirus response he would have been elected reelected in a landslide absolutely um, yeah it's which is frustrating on a lot of levels. Yeah. <laughs> like both mm. that he was too dumb to do that. Um, and also that it would have worked. Like people would have ignored everything else horrible about him if he had been like done the bare minimum necessary and also hired a decent speechwriter to to do an mm-hmm. Independence Day style speech about a virus. It's very frustrating. I mean, well, because his whole idea of it, his whole approach to it was to not show weakness. To not acknowledge the presence, to not acknowledge the level of the threat publicly from the very beginning, the demonization of masks, which is continuing to be a problem, you know, especially (laughs) you look at the regions that are the most hardest hit right now. And I mean, sure, cities like Los Angeles aren't doing so great. We'll get to that in a minute. But in general, uh, throughout the country, it's... The conservative pockets that voted for him. Um, yeah. This is from the New York Times. A study by the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington estimated that 130,000 lives could be saved by February if mask use became universal in the United States immediately. Masks could also preserve the economy. A study by Goldman Sachs. 
Okay. Estimated that universal <laughs> use <laughs> would save $1 trillion that may be lost to business shutdowns and medical bills. Um, so that sucks. Also, he continues to interfere with the Biden transition. We will be talking about some of that stuff later. Um, but like the sharing of coronavirus information to the president-elect and the team, essentially undermining their ability to prep and plan for when they officially enter office. Um and the reasons are so petty and obvious. You know, he doesn't want him to to do a good job. Yeah. He doesn't want him to succeed. Um, yeah, that's the thing when you hire a guy like Trump is that once he loses the reelection, then his goal with the virus becomes make sure as many people die as possible. <laughs> so yes, that Joe Biden absolutely. looks bad. <laughs> and it sets him up for uh, if he wants to run in 2024, yeah. family yeah. members. Accelerate his failure. Um, yeah. So that's the good news. <laughs> oh, speaking of that re-election, there's a poll recently on uh, support for a 2024 primary. Uh, 20% for Pence, no. 20% for Don Jr. Yuck. And everyone else was in like 2% two, two percent range. So gonna, I mean, I, it's going to be good, folks. We can't wait. I do feel like Don Jr. would be a terrible candidate in the way that his dad was not. Like his dad's a terrible person, but he was obviously not a terrible candidate because he won. Um, I don't want to take Don, that gamble, though. He, well, yeah, I, I just don't think he has. I don't know. Like, th- maybe this will be one of the predictions I get wrong. I don't <laughs> think he has what his dad has. He doesn't have what it um, takes. We'll that's, say that. I mean, that's I think that's generally true. Again, who wants to roll the dice with that? I don't um, want to roll the dice. Like, no, God, no, but, yeah. knows? but like, that's my like, I agree with that. Like general instinct of like, he doesn't have sure. what, whatever, whatever, like awful thing Je that his dad has quoi. that we, we also don't agree with. Like people, some people think that Donald seniors is charming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't um, think, I don't think junior has that charm. No, uh, no, no. Yeah. When, uh, this is just a fascinating thing to me. Uh, when, Junior was born. They wanted to name him after Donald, and uh, Donald Trump didn't want to name him after himself. Uh, quote: Because maybe he will turn out to be a loser. Yeah, hey, he wasn't so, wrong. Heard Look, that one. I'm I'm a wrong. fair man, and when Donald Trump's right, I'll say he's right. You shouldn't have named he called your it. loser son after you because he's embarrassing. A loser. I know. Um, anyway, back to COVID. Uh, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> sweet, mm-hmm. sweet COVID. All, all that stuff was. Was the good news? The bad news is what lies between now and when we get vaccinations. Because, of course, most people will not be receiving this vaccine for a while. Between producing enough doses for the whole world and coordinating distribution, not just for the whole world, but, you know, even just here in America will be a huge task. Um, Yeah. And getting it to the right people first. Yep. The people who need it first. I mean, we'll see how that how it that goes, you know, in the coming weeks. But most of us will not be receiving. Um, we'll be lucky to receive it by spring, I'd say, or summer. Um, which, yeah, I mean, and that's if it's a good vac. Like we don't even right. know because there's most programs back have like years, years yes. of research. Years. Of this testing. is all incredibly fast. I mean, I I definitely don't want to be one of the first people to have the vaccine anyway um no I, you know and I, I did read an interesting argument that was sort of arguing that once you know you kind of get healthcare workers who obviously need to be the first priority with any yes. vaccine 
um, that the next priority should be the, the super spreaders, basically the people mm-hmm. who just can't are not cannot be trusted to take basic Fuck precautions. <laughs> um, it's not like it's an argument that actually you can you can make a decent logical case you can. for. It's like those idiots are going to go out and infect people. We yep. might as well make them less dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> which is like not. Nobody but it's wants like, here's that a to be the reward for your bad behavior. <laughs> yeah, you get to just go back my... to normal first, you piece of shit. Um, I think we could I think we could make that work if we gave them the vaccine, but also they had to have a tattoo on their forehead that made it legal <laughs> for anyone to punch them right in the dick. Or, yeah. you know, the vagina, whatever whatever genitals they have. Throw a milkshake at them, whatever you want. Yeah. Um yeah. petty but... violence is legal against them. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, because because of them, we are entering um, a very dark winter, very. the darkest winter, mm. perhaps. Yes, there is light at the end of the tunnel, but the tunnel itself is incredibly dangerous. And yeah, the tunnel's filled with knives. It's like a, like a lamprey's mouth. Dark, mm-hmm. dark and dumb. Yeah. And yeah. and you got to wear your mask through this tunnel because if you don't, it, you might not make it to the light. It's chilly. So that's good. Like, it's a good excuse to wear masks. Chilly. Yeah, you want to cover Chile. up your face. It's Chile, yes. It's yes. Chile. The, in Chile. In the tunnel <laughs> is in Chile. All roads yeah. lead to Chile. It's and Chile. Um, also Chile's. Do you guys still <laughs> feel like it's still remarkable how many people are not wearing masks? Like even in like Los Angeles where, or like. Mm-hmm. I see most people wearing masks in LA, in it, my area anyway. Well, I need but I don't get out of the house much. So, <laughs> right, right, good right. about it in Portland. And from what I hear, reasonably good about it in Eugene too. But as soon as you get out of the cities, it's it's no mask town. <laughs> I went into a liquor store in Glendale the other day, not the other day, last week or something. And um, I walked in and the man didn't have a mask on. He was talking to two people without masks and I left. I just was like, never mind. And I and mm. I walked out. That really showed them. Um, the, other, the other day I had to take a lift and the driver was like, you can put your window up if you want. <laughs> What, like me? no, no I rolled no, it down for no, the, no, the people you see to take their that take their masks off to talk to each other. I'm like, mm, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. if I'm like fifteen feet away, sure. <laughs> anyway, back to my prepared stuff. So the United States has reached a grim new milestone. Um, Hell yeah. Gosh, I'm tired of of saying that phrase. Uh, but here we are. This is from the New York Times. At least. 1,265 new coronavirus deaths and 167,759 new cases were reported in the United States on November 30th. Over the past week... One day. It's wild. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Over the past week, there has been an average of 160,387 cases per day, an increase of 3% from the average two weeks earlier. As of Tuesday afternoon, more than 13,693,700 people in the United States have been infected with the coronavirus, and at least 269,000 have died. Um, That's so if we aren't If we aren't at a million new coronavirus cases a week, we are very close I mean, to that. That's the... That's the- the the pessimistic way of looking at it, Katie. The okay, <laughs> is that in just like three hundred more weeks and maybe three quarters of a million more deaths, we'll have herd immunity, and that's something to look forward to. That's yet that's another great. light at the end yeah. of the tunnel, the dangerous tunnel in Chile. Um, yeah. To Chile, ha- yeah, the Chiles, the Chiles, the Chiles tunnel. It's mm-hmm. a Chiles to go. 
Mm-hmm. Because oh. of coronavirus and you can't eat in restaurants. I mean, I will say if I had to choose between a Chili's to go and the coronavirus, I it would be a tough one. Yeah, for That's sure. Fair. 100%. Yeah. Um, hospitals in some states are at capacity. Uh, the number of deaths are rising and on track to surpass the already heartbreaking highest average we saw in the spring, which was 2,200 deaths a day. Um. Gosh, we mentioned this. It is wild to me how panicked we were at the beginning and careful and, you know, hiding inside. And now things are so much worse. And it's like it does feel surreal how many people are just kind of business as normal and like aware of it, but just doing everything they can, really pushing the envelope. And um, we still are not seeing much from leadership, uh, even here in Los Angeles. Uh, to dis- to address these staggering numbers. Um, and I do understand the imperative to try to protect small businesses in the local economy. But also here we are, you know, it's Woo! we're just still having that same conversation. I, I understand that. But at the same time, people are dying and our hospitals are overwhelmed. And so we're seeing some some interesting um responses and Sophie I know I know that you have a, a lot to say about LA for example and our response to the pandemic numbers yeah and the I perfect fe- response I feel like and restaurants I think you mentioned yeah, a second ago I mean none of this shit makes sense in what they're doing in LA yeah tee us up here because I have some thoughts too so so as of <laughs> Monday they they put in the a strict stay-at-home order which is really strict on certain things but really strict on not on other things they're advising that you don't see anybody outside of your household uh restaurants are closed for outdoor and indoor uh seating except in pasadena which is technically la county but they're like fuck you we're not gonna listen so there's that your face cody yes you're like come on (laughs) um you can uh work out at an outdoor gym but playgrounds are closed you yeah. can go to outdoor. The malls ch- are open. You can go to outdoor church, but in but 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 you can't like it's just like none of it this. It seems makes just sense. like a lot of comp- a capitulating to different yeah. groups of people. And the timing people. is very sketchy. It's like oh, they're like oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna shut it down after the biggest shopping weekend of the year, and we're gonna mm-hmm. not provide any help to people who uh. Are, are are no longer being able to work because their businesses I mean, shut down. That's what it is. You want people to stay home, pay it's them. It's like if you want, yeah, if you want, if, restaurants absolutely shut so, down, shut down, but pay it's people. It's just really difficult. So outdoor gyms yeah. are open, but, and I might have a, uh, I have conflicted emotions about the patio seating because there are some places that invested a lot of money. A lot um, of money. To pivot and build spaces out that actually are genuinely very wide spaced and like they don't have very many people. However, there are a ton of other restaurants where you walk by and sure there's people outside, but they are a crowded mess. There's no enforcement of, of standards of what that means of regulation. Um, and yet outdoor gyms are open and, pl- uh, and playgrounds, breathing. public playgrounds, and playgrounds. Are but, but if you're, you pay for private schools for your kids and they're able to go to school still, which is something that is happening. Schools and daycares and things are open. They can use the playground at those. That's allowed. Yeah. So it's just like if you if you can pay the price, you can do things. But if you can't pay the price, then you can't do. It's just yeah. yeah. 
It's just so America. It's just um, yeah. That's what we always do, which is uh, penalize poverty and allow the wealthy to ignore the legal system that everyone else has to abide by. Yeah. And the fundamental reason why all of this is happening is that all of the people who are in positions of power are really terrified, whether they're right or left, are terrified of the idea of just taking care of people during a pandemic because it might lead to a number of very uncomfortable realizations about the nature of finance and the Mm. reality of money and make, make people wonder like, well, why do I need to like, we, we, th- this is so much nicer than you know, right. uh, er, struggling. Like, oh, money is it, fake. It, it seems it oh, seems like I money see. might be fake, and yeah. maybe the government could have afforded to do this all along, and maybe I don't need to get screamed at at the Sparrow every day in order to not starve to death on the street, and we could mm-hmm. have a society yeah. that works that way. And you really don't want people thinking about that. So instead, you have a patchwork of contradictory coronavirus responses that prioritize businesses uh while restricting the freedom of individuals um and regularly ignoring the plights of people who don't have enough money to lobby and so you do get people with like that's the thing like people make fun of the fucking like maskless crowd and stuff and they're they say a lot of stupid shit but also they're right to be angry about the fact that the government is just cratering their livelihoods and offering nothing like maybe this maybe this anti mask movement wouldn't be a fucking problem if at the start of this the government had said here's two yep. grand a month everybody yes just stay 100%. inside absolutely make people feel happy we'll freeze I your mean, rent we'll freeze your fucking mortgage whatever I heard like, yeah. something about a, a piece of was it on Radio Lab or I don't know This American Life something it mentioned um, a black man having conversations with like uh, some some black friends at a, a barber shop. And debates about voting, and a lot of a lot of them were like, "I voted for Trump because of the twelve hundred dollars stimulus package." You yeah. know, at that yeah. one time. Yeah, it's uh, it was as simple as that. It's because yeah, people vote for things that change their lives for the better, <laughs> like and give them stuff. Like the everyone like started uh, when those checks went out. Everyone made a big fuss about like, I can't believe he's Trump's putting his name on the check. Of course he did. That's yeah. good politics. That's what the Democrats should be happy to do and proud of doing. Yeah. If they, give, if they give you something, say that it was you that did it, and then people will give remember that when they're in the, in the 20, fucking power. Yeah. Yeah. Give people 2400 bucks a month and put the fucking Democratic Party on the goddamn ticket or whatever. Put like, a donkey on it. Put a name pe- donkey it. checks. Like, yeah. Make them you- fucking donkey. People will be talking about, yeah, I got my donkeys. I'm doing yeah, great. You get, you get your 2400 donkeys today. It's yeah. called branding. Um, we got to take a a break for an ad. Ads. Advertisement? Advertisement. No. For for Chili's? Um, For For Chili's to go. Okay. Chili's to go, yeah. My favorite order at Chili's and Chili's to go when I was a kid was you get just their chips, their bottomless chips, and you dip them in the the salsa and the sour cream. Mm. No. I respect it. Or, no, 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 ranch, ranch, not sour cream. Mm. No, that's how I think of Chili's. But that does sound like something I don't have to go Chili's. to Chili's for. However, this is an advertisement for Chili's, so. Mm-hmm. At Chili's to go, you can get diarrhea to have on the plane. Uh, Chili's to go. Are you not sick? We'll what change you- that. Let your bowels go <laughs> at Chili's to go. If you, um. didn't ca- if you don't catch COVID at the airport, yeah. catch You'll this. You'll catch it at the Chili's to go. Hey, 
Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Everything's so dumb, 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 dumb. And we are back from that break. Are you hungry? Oh, I sure am. I had a great break. I went to a Chili's to go, and now I have hepatitis. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're about to talk about some of Biden's cabinet picks, but um, as this nice pivot, one fun fact about L.A. and our mayor, Eric Garcetti, Garcetti Fuck him, uh, is that Garcetti, he, I think. Garcetti. <laughs> Sounds like a like a a slice of meat. A yeah, gar- 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 cheddar. Yeah, garchetti. Um, it sounds like you can make it sound like a, a cross between the Gardasil vaccine and a chud. <laughs> God. So many options. <laughs> anyway, garchetti uh, shut down a COVID <laughs> testing site for a motherfucking film shoot. So, so well, okay, but what, what was the movie, Katie? Wait, what was just, the movie? Just, okay, I don't know. so so okay. was it was it Chris Nolan? It, it was not Chris Nolan. <laughs> it was a Hallmark feature. So this, oh well, shit, that's important. This amazing this amazing activist group in LA, Katon for All, uh, uncovered that the She's All That reboot, which is called He's All That. Wow, no. brave, classic, uh, very great. Was shutting yeah. down Union Station, which is one of the biggest testing facilities in LA, so that they could film there. And then everybody was like, which and starring uh, one of 
TikTok's biggest stars, Addison Ray, whose mm-hmm. boyfriend is the one that ha- threw all those parties and then got his power taken away from him. So just Tight. real shit. Oh, really? It's real shit <laughs> group. Because oh, um, she plays an influencer in the movie. I mean, I just can't uh, even. This, I just can't yeah. even talk about it. It's just perfect. Okay. Unreal. And then, and then everybody was like, "Hey, like, what's up with that?" And then Garcetti today was like, "Y'all reopened it. You're welcome." Fuck Thanks, him. Oh. Our um, hero. Essentially, yeah, yeah he's trash. Allegedly, nobody knew that it was a testing site. Like the the per, the film LA and the people who requested it. LOL. But, LOL. Uh, that seems like room. something. Well, first of all, read the room. Maybe don't like. Maybe Union Station isn't like integral to the plot of He's All That. But also, that's the kind of thing that should be information available. Like that seems like a failure of Garcetti's city that they didn't know. That I mean, should be that should be public information. Uh, that is already in place to stop people from trying to film there, um, requiring. Garchetti you know, to, to, to I'm, I'm going to disagree. This really strict shutdown is uh, filming. <laughs> mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to disagree indoors. with this, to be honest, because people can only die of COVID 19 once, but a Hallmark original movie. It's not That's even, forever. I don't even I'll tell you what. I think original I'll movie learn. is a little, a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> Judging, well, look, I've, I've starred in several Hallmark movies, and that is not a joke I have. I have. True. It's true. It's true. And um, I still get those residuals. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they do run for. However, they are increasingly lower. Although, lower, yeah, this also lower. Union Station is where the hacky sack scene happens, and she's all that. So, I think it is actually important that they they film yeah. there. So wow. we should shut that. Yeah, look, we, we can't let this. Mm-hmm. We can't <laughs> let this. Well, no. this I don't even think that, that's not even true. The cast of She's <laughs> All That culture. got the vaccines first, so that's how that. Oh, sorted good, out. good, good. Yeah, they're all um, they're all that. But anyway, this is, we this is just a transition for us to it's talk a about how awful Mayor Garcetti is and how he's potentially going to be a Biden cabinet pick and how we want to talk about the other cabinet picks and how everything's fine. So, you know, nothing gets me harder than talking about neoliberal cabinet selections by a guy who is preferable to an out and out fascist, but not by as much as I'd prefer. So mm-hmm. let's do that. Tight. Um, do, do you want to any... do you want to compare his picks to uh, Trump's cabinet and uh, and Trump stuff so they seem like less they seem less bad? No, I I don't think we have to do that anymore. Because do you Trump think maybe lost, that's you so think maybe that's just... a bad idea? You think maybe that lowers the bar to the fucking yeah, floor and it's actually just... not helpful to do? Okay. I mean, let's let's be fair here. Do we have any Blinken stands in the audience today? Any any, <laughs> any, any Blinken stands? Listening? Any Yellenistas? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the things, so I've been, I read a bunch of articles, everything I could find that were like mainstream articles on Biden's cabinet picks. And they all like really focus on the fact that like Biden's gonna, he's gonna make it a diverse cabinet. We're gonna have mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of women and people of color. And I'm not gonna like completely poo poo the idea of representation, but if it's not representation of, of, of ideologies, it's just representation of like, yes, picked people who agree with Joe Biden and happen to be women or or black. That's good. It's not like, Um, I mean, it's (laughs) no, it's, um, it's, it's part of it. It's it's part part of it. It's part of why it's, it's yeah. It's so you can't say anything. It is. I mean, look, it is good to have. Yes. It can be. Let's say it can be good. 
It can be good. But also, we have a lady in charge of the CIA right now, right? And that doesn't seem to have no, made the CIA. I, just because someone's a woman woke. doesn't make it great, you <laughs> Margaret know. Margaret Thatcher. Just because. But like, you know, great. I mentioned no a couple criticism. weeks ago, it is exciting that there is a woman that's vice president. It sucks that it's Kamala, but it is inspiring for little girls to know that that's a possibility. But beyond that, it's not great. So, yes. Yeah. All um, of those things that you're saying. That. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, yeah, that's more or less kind of well, where I land on some of the stuff, Sophie, is a long, hard sigh. Mm-hmm. Um, it it seems like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this, like, I would prefer we got rid of Homeland Security. It does seem like Alejandro Mayorkas will be a lot better than the previous people uh, that have, have been in there, in part because he's supportive of the idea that refugees should be able to come to the United States, along with asylum seekers, rather mm-hmm. than being tear-gassed in the desert. Maybe, well, I'm sure we'll still tear-gas asylum seekers in the desert regularly, but perhaps less often. Well, old um, habits die hard. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it would be nice if that happened. I don't know how much faith I have in that. He comes from, like, a refugee background so i'm i'm just hopeful that like yeah things will i i'm broadly hopeful that in general things will suck less for refugees and asylum seekers with trump and his people out even though i'm sure mayorkas uh is because he's the kind of person who might be the secretary of homeland security is fine with most of the horrible things that homeland security does maybe things will suck less for refugees and that would be nice i will say that well, that's it. Yeah, it's the it's the comparing it to the last four years. That's what yeah. all of this is going to be. It's all just going to be. Well, it's not this bad, as opposed to oh, it's good actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, that's the really yeah. frustrating part. And any yeah, and yeah. any criticism is uh, met with you love you still love Trump. You're not helpful. It's not uh, yeah. It's not really heard. What um, do you guys think of Janet? Yellen? Yellen. Um, I think she's a big austerity head and is going to support cutting social services in order to balance the budget, which people are talking about now. They're all going to do pretending that. Pretending that it didn't exist for years under Trump. Now we're talking about the deficit again because Democrats mm-hmm. are in the White House, which is now, frustrating. The fact that I could fake. only find she... like praise piece articles written about her in the last two weeks freaks me the out. What what yep. was she? Um, what did she do before? Chair she of the Federal the... Reserve, Vice Chair of the Federal Reserve, yeah. President of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, Chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, Member of the Federal Reserve Board of Governors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's a big fan of. She's an economist. Again, austerity. Yeah. 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 Uh, you CNN, worry about the deficit. CNN calls her Biden's genius move. Fox Business calls her. Why Janet Yellen is, as Treasury Secretary is the perfect choice at the perfect time. Triggered. They're all going to be Ugh. that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, every one of these people are worried about the deficit, even though they don't have to. Yeah, because um, you can just print more money. Let's talk about Nira Tandon. Okay, so this is this is related to all of this stuff we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and it's very frustrating Um because of how it's framed and how the criticism is framed and seen. Um, if you don't know Nir Tannen, like most of us, she's very online. Um, very, very, very capital. 
Very, online. very, very uh, yeah. capital O online. I love half of the pieces I've read about her have just focused entirely on her tweets, which yeah. I love for Didn't us. Didn't she as a just country. delete a bunch of tweets? She deleted a bunch of a tweets. A thousand. Um, yeah, a thousand yes, she tweets. She did, Katie. Um, That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Coward. Coward. It's a lot of work, and it is funny. Um, and that's so like one of the frustrating things too is that like um, a lot of the focus of like the confirmation hearing will be on these mean tweets of hers because a oh lot of God, uh, we're aside never from stop talking about tweets, no, we're not. It's because uh, aside from like a lot of ire and uh, pushback she gives to like progressives in general, uh, a lot of it is just like yeah, tweeting about Republican senators and stuff, uh, and Uh-oh. they're going to make it about that. Oh. Um, they're going Who's to make they? the he- uh, Republicans are going to yes. make the hearing about their her mean tweets about them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of like actual concerns, it, it's frustrating because I don't like her and I think she's a bad person to have in government. Yeah. But also, it's going to be people like Ted Cruz attacking her for her tweets when, as you pointed out today on Twitter, Cody, yeah. Ted Cruz threatened. Uh, Ron Perlman with a fight with somebody else uh, challenged <laughs> yeah, him to fight yeah, one of his yeah, colleagues yes. on Twitter. Like, like so, fight, Jim, fight Jim Jordan. Is, I know, uh, Ron, yeah, Ted, that's Ted one of the most irritating things about like all of these Biden people who deserve to be criticized are going to primarily be criticized by the only people on earth I don't want to hear criticize them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, um, for the wrong reasons, too. Yeah, for um, the wrong and, reasons. And, like, yeah. we'll, we'll probably do a whole episode about this ev- eventually, but, like, the GOP, they're they're recalibrating to be, like, we're the we're multicultural, uh, multiracial, working-class coalition now. Um, but they're still going to make it about mean tweets because they can't actually criticize uh, for real reasons because they don't actually want to do those things. Um, yeah. Because they're liars. Um, and yeah, so the, all the criticism is going to come from these people uh, who don't get to play. Like, that's like you don't get to, you don't get to play. Um, but uh, so aside from the mean tweets, which are not actually important. Um, no. I want to read a couple of, so there are a couple emails um, from, emails. Wiki, from WikiLeaks um, that I think are Record relevant. Locks. To what yeah. we're talking about. Um, one is an email from Nira Tandon. Uh, Tandemonium. Um, oh, God. I know. Cody. I know. No. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's referring to a suggestion from Howard Wolfson. He's a, uh, just a Dem strategist for, for many years. Um, and this is Nira. He also thinks, Howard, he also thinks the Brown and women pundits can shame the Times and others on social media. So cultivating Joan Walsh, Iglesias, Allen, Perry Bacon, Greg Sargent to defend her, Clinton, is helpful. They can be emboldened. For what it's worth, I pushed to do this a year ago. So literally what we talked about with this, the diversity of the cabinet being sort of used to shame people and make it hard to criticize them. Yeah. It's literally something that she and others have suggested privately. It's just a thing. It's a thing. It's true. Yeah. And that's just so frustrating. Yeah, it, it really is true. It's hard to push back. It's hard to say anything. When you're like, well, but this is uh look at yeah. doing the thing. Look at this representation. You're like, I know, but. But, but um, all these other things. Um, and there's a political article pointing out, like, you know, um, the Biden transition official defended her as experienced and a historic choice. Tandon is Indian American. Okay. But like. <laughs> It's just it's 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 all it's all sort of laid out there and that's that's frustrating. And another email I'd like to read. Please do. 
so Faz Shakir, uh, he's a campaign manager for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, worked with Neera Tandon over the years. Um, and uh, <laughs> at one point, she uh, either shoved or punched him in the chest for asking about <laughs> Clinton's support for the Iraq war. Um, we don't need to get into that too awesome. much, but that's just something that happened. Clinton's support for the Iraq war? Uh, I want to get into her punching somebody. Yeah. For, uh, Asking about of another person. Yeah, criticism of another person support for Ted the Iraq Cruz. war. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but but at least Nira did it herself. She didn't say like, yeah, why don't my other colleague punch you? Um and that's also, my official statement on Nira Tandon. Better than Ted Cruz. Better than Ted Cruz. Um because <laughs> she shoves herself uh, as opposed to yeah. the other people too. Also, like, you know, going along with Biden, Biden got a little physical with some people during the uh during the primary. So uh, they're on the same page a little bit. And Jill Biden talked about it in some speech or another, how she punched yeah. a bully once. So There you go. Uh, Ted Cruz only doesn't like to uh, hit or shove people. He only likes to elbow his wife in the face multiple times. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, no ac- comment. Accidentally. Hey, look, we, we accidentally. All have, we all <laughs> yeah. have our kinks. On that note, yeah. products and service time. Welcome to the worst year ever. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. 
welcome back from getting serviced productively. productively. Speaking even more of the kinks, Robert, uh, one of your kinks is emails we discussed earlier. Yes. Um, and we want to keep you turned on this entire episode. So Thank I'm going to read another email from Miss Tandon. Would you uh, use your sexy voice, Cody? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Okay. So here, here's the email. <laughs> um, okay. That's just your uh, Ben Shapiro voice, Cody. <laughs> exactly, That's Robert. His lady, exactly. It's Lady Ben Shapiro uh, voice. Um. Okay. Please. So let's say. All right. No. Okay. Faz uh, responded to an email from Nira. Uh, the subject of the email was: Should Libya pay us back? Um. This is after our intervention oh, in Libya. God. Oh my God. Faz uh, replied, I don't think it's fair that we create our own domestic problems and then ask other nations to pay for it. You see the adverse incentive problem here, right? If we think we can make money off an incursion, we'll do it. That's a serious policy slash messaging slash moral problem for our foreign policy, I think. Good points all around, Faz. Okay. So Nira responded, and this, again, is relevant to everything we've said so far about where we're headed with this Biden cabinet. Um. Her response, we have a giant deficit. They have a lot of oil. Most Americans would choose not to engage in the world because of that deficit. If we want to continue to engage in the world, engage in the world means like interventionism. Gestures like having oil-rich countries partially pay us back doesn't seem crazy to me. Do we prefer cuts to Head Start or WIC or Medicaid? Because we live in deficit politics. And that's what is happening and will be happening even more. Um, so a few very frustrating, really frustrating. A few things about this. Um, we don't live in deficit politics. We don't have to live in deficit politics. That's a choice by you. And, uh, it's a choice that they're all going to make because, oh, we gotta, we gotta worry about it now. Um, and it's a choice that only Democrats will make where Republicans will deficit spend in order to, I don't know, buy more missiles. Um, and, Uh, and, and, and like Nira's in the past proposed cutting, uh, Medicare yeah. and Social Security and all of these yes. things because of the deficit, because of these made up problems. Um, so that's all on the table. By the way, I should uh, we should clarify. She's been nominated for uh, to head the Office of Management and Budget, uh, which mm-hmm. works with the president to uh, produce the president's budget. Um, so this is like this is the position. This is the ideology going into the office managing the president's budget. Woof. So that is important to know. Um, and so aside from, uh, I think, again, the obvious like moral issue here, um, this suggestion that uh, there's this weird trade-off, um, again, engaging in the world to her seems to be this like doing war and like intervening and stuff like that. But aside from all of that, uh, getting Libya to pay us back um, with some of their oil is literally a suggestion made by Donald Trump on his vlog yep. that same year. I was hoping Mo- you'd get to this. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, he mentioned it several times on his vlog. Um, this is, uh, to be fair, she suggested we do this after it happened, and he suggested we do it before it happened. He was saying, we yeah. should do this on a humanitarian basis, uh-huh. was his phrase that he used. Um, we should do this on a humanitarian basis, and when we're done, they should pay us back with their oil. That was his <laughs> suggestion before we did it. And her suggestion after having done it was we should have them pay us back with some of their oil. Mm-hmm. It's just Trump shit. It's just dressed up to look nice and more yep. civil. 
and it's disgusting, and it should be rejected, and it's not going to be, and it's just an example of the brand new hell we are entering. We were in hell the past four years, we're going to be in hell next year, and the year after that, it's just going to look a little bit different. Um, and it's, Robert. it's this, you know, this actually leads me to Susan Rice. Um, Perfect! Yay. Yeah, Susan Rice, who uh, might be our new uh, Secretary of what, State? Jesus Christ. God. Let's talk about interventions. Let's talk about when, if ever, it's justified for the United States to deploy military force to foreign countries in order to, uh, uh, on a humanitarian basis, right? So if you're looking at, like, the modern history of that, you've got to go back to kind of the end of the Soviet Union, which happened to dovetail with right around the time, you know, Desert Storm happened. So obviously, we, on paper, get involved with Desert Storm because Iraq invades Kuwait and that's all very complicated. Like the reason that Iraq have in- invaded Kuwait, if you were to ask like Saddam Hussein, would be that um, Iraq had invaded Iran during basically all of the 80s on behalf of countries like Saudi Arabia and Kuwait because Iran was, they considered them to be a threat. And Iraq, you know, lost hundreds of thousands of fighters and committed a whole bunch of war crimes in Iran. Um, and then, you know, wound up kind of holding the bag and the cost for that invasion of Iran, which, by the way, the United States supported and gave Iraq aid in carrying out a horrible war in Iran that killed like a million people. But anyway, after the war in Iran ended in a failure, uh, Iraq wanted money and invaded Kuwait. And we invaded Iraq and murdered a big chunk of their military in order to stop the invasion of Kuwait. It's a very like dumb and complicated thing that's kind of like the result of the United States waving its dick around incoherently in Middle East Yeah, we politics. love doing that. Mm-hmm. We just like, yeah. any, any, any chance we get. And then there was a moment after Desert Storm where there was actually an uprising against Saddam Hussein, who was a knight, a monster and a horrible, horrible di- dictator and absolutely deserved to be killed by his own people. Um, but when there was an uprising against him, we just kind of let all of those people die after encouraging the uprising against him. Uh, we provided them with no assistance. Um, and that would kind of be the pattern for U.S. intervention, quote-unquote, um, sort of ever since. So, like, right around the same time, the Soviet Union comes to an end. Francis Fukuyama's like, hey, it's the end of history. It's just going to be neoliberal democracies for from here on out. Nothing's ever going to change. Mm. Um, and then events in Rwanda and Yugoslavia very quickly show that that was nonsense. And and it, what happened in Rwanda and in Yugoslavia in the mid-90s would really set the pattern in a very direct way for everything that happened since. Because all of the people who were, for example, in charge of responses to international crises when uh, Obama was president got their start during, you know, Rwanda and Yugoslavia, including Susan Rice. So Rice was was like young and in her fucking, I think she was 29 years old uh, when uh, the Rwandan genocide kicked off. She was the national, uh, she was the uh, director of international organizations and peacekeeping on the National Security Council um, under Clinton. And, you know, in, in short, we had thousands of UN peacekeepers in uh, Rwanda when the genocide kicked off and they were ordered to stand down. And like the reasoning why that happened is complicated. Um, But a lot of it was that the Clinton administration didn't really want to get involved. And it was, it was, it was, it was kind of rank cowardice that led to about a million people dying. Um, right. Like there were peacekeepers in the country. There were enough peacekeepers in the country that they could have stopped the genocide. It would have required them 
to shoot people, you know, because you had a bunch of people who were who were doing them doing themselves a genocide. Um, and we didn't do that. Uh, and Susan Rice was one of the people who were like, we should not engage in in further peacekeeping in Rwanda. Um, and she's kind of she's expressed some regret for that and has stated that it had an impact on why she supported interventions later. But even that's kind of like, she's such a weaselly figure. So one thing you'll hear from a lot of people is that Susan Rice supported the Iraq war. And one thing that Susan Rice's defenders will say is that she didn't support the Iraq war. And they're both right, because at the time, Susan Rice made a major effort to not say either way if she really supported the war. Mm -hmm. Like she said, Saddam is dangerous and he has weapons of mass destruction and we should do regime change, but also I don't support what the Bush administration is doing, but also I'm not going to come out and say that like they shouldn't do what they're going to do. Like she she picked the weaseliest answer, which some of her supporters, now that she's kind of up on the docket to get a cabinet position, her supporters are say, trying to spin as like moral courage that she didn't back the Bush administration to quite the extent that Hillary Clinton did, which is fair. Like, because Clinton did vote for the war in Iraq, and Rice wasn't in a position to do that, but she would have if Rice had been in the same position that Clinton was in. And more to the point, Susan Rice, like, at the time, if you look at kind of her responses, it seems very clear to me that she was too scared that the invasion of Iraq might work out to come out against it, because that would have required a minimum amount of political courage. So instead, uh, she criticized Mm -hmm. the administration and criticize and talked about how Saddam needed to be gotten rid of in a way that who how whoever you were you could interpret her as supporting your side like I, I it's just very very gutless um and yeah I I don't know like there's a bunch of my feelings on this I haven't gotten organized enough of a way but like basically what you saw in the early 90s is you had two different cases of ethnic cleansings one in Rwanda which again killed about a million people and one in uh, Bosnia, which of which the most well-known example is the massacre at Srebrenica of, of Bosniak Muslims that killed 7,000-ish people. Um, and in both cases, the United States was in a position to do something to stop those killings. And the UN was in a position to stop those killings. And in fucking Bosnia, it's heartbreaking because the, um, the French UN general who was in charge of the peacekeeping forces in Srebrenica like when the Muslims kind of like fled there from outlying areas, fleeing Serbian death squads, this general was like, I am here. I will protect you. I won't abandon you. And then the UN stood down while they all got murdered. Um, So there were a lot of people who said like, Hey, we need to, if we're going to be like the, the, the main power in the world, we should stop people from getting massacred, which I think is broadly speaking a defensible moral position to use military force to stop massacres. But we wound up not ever doing that very effectively. Um, like, you know, you can look at Libya, which I think is a more effective case of intervention than we saw in Syria. If you look at like the 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 varying death tolls between Libya and Syria, but in which case, like again, like all the government did was basically the NATO got Gaddafi out and then did nothing else to ensure stability in the region. And so Libya is a fucking nightmare. Still, well, we just make things um, every time. We make it, it worse. Every time we just make it worse. <sighs> Uh, yeah, I don't like you start with something like a noble intention on the surface, but mm, I mean, and... I'm childish and I just think we should help people by giving them medicine and like, yeah, uh, like helping them live as opposed to helping other people die. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm 
broadly speaking, fine with, for example, stopping dictators from using their air forces to bomb civilian populations. Like, I think if we'd done that with Assad, a couple hundred thousand Syrians might still be alive. But again, you never have, number one, any sort of moral commitment. Like, you look at Neera Tandon's memo, right? Like, that, like yeah. there's no moral commitment from any of these people to actually stop tragedies. It's more of uh, a desire for political capital and, like, what can we get out of it? Like, the fact that anybody would be looking at the situation in Libya and thinking, can we get their oil? Um, After is, the fact, is a, too. is a damning like, statement on that yeah. person's moral compass. It's the same thing with like thinking that about fucking Iraq, right? Like any if place, you, like, yeah, yeah. If you it, again, I think it. I I am. I get into arguments with fucking tankies on Twitter about this all the time. I think it's a morally defensible position to say that if some if some fucking dictator is trying to massacre a huge number of people rising up against him, and we can stop that by putting planes in the air and bombing an airfield. Fuck it. Uh, like, I don't I'm, I, I don't have any issue with that. But it's not enough to just do that. And then, for example, let Turkey and Russia and whatnot uh, start flooding that country with weaponry and funding for different militant groups so that you wind up with a fucking civil war. Um, and it's not enough to also, on our part, have our aid just be sending in rifles to the people we like, because all that results in is more fighting. Um, and that's the fucking problem is that the there's never on behalf of the democrats who are supportive of using us forces to to peacekeep and again these people will talk about the rwandan genocide and, and the genocide in the balkans as like also, why do they like, support yeah. interve- interventions and they're not wrong to say that those both of those moments should have inspired international effort to stop stuff like that right the reasonable response to rwanda is Yes, we should have intervened because a million people got butchered and that didn't need to happen. Um, but nobody has actually taken anything like. <sighs> the problem is that it, it only I think. Yeah, it's wouldn't. I mean, yeah, it's, it's I mean, there's so many problems. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's even I mean, even the term peacekeeping is like, well, yeah, well, um, it's I think it would have been fair for what could have been done in fucking Rwanda, which is a case in which we had warning that like tensions were building. There were troops on the ground that could have done something. I think part of it is that it can't just be the fucking United States. It can't just be NATO. It, it does need to be some sort of international organization that has a consistent commitment to, for example, stopping dictators from using sarin nerve gas to butcher thousands of people. <laughs> Well, and there's but just no, there's you no. You just don't have that. The the actions taken and the way they go, they're gone about, and then the af the after effects and the actions taken afterwards. None of that points to uh, any of these actions being taken for the reasons stated at all. Yeah, um, and so uh, supporting them. I don't know, uh, supporting any of that is like, well, you, but you don't mean it. You're not trying to do that. You're not trying to do the thing yeah. that you're saying you're, you're trying to do. So don't do it because you're going to make things worse. Um, you guys are smart and it's nice to listen to you. Uh, I like I'm the dumb. problem. I'm a dumb so, piece of shit, Katie. I, I, can, I can think of Fair. in like our lifetimes exactly one case of the United States intervening in a foreign, in a part of a foreign country, at least in a way that was pretty unequivocally a success for the people living in that region. Um, and that would be our support of the SDF in Northeast Syria. Mm. Again, 
criticisms to make, criticisms of the self-administration to make, criticisms of U.S. policy there to make. But I again, I've spent time there. People there are safe, particularly you compare them to the people in fucking Aleppo, right? To the people in other chunks of Syria who got massacred by the government. They enjoy, you know, in northeast Syria, a degree of political autonomy, a degree of freedom and a degree of security that up until, you know, the Turkish invasion was the highest in the country, probably. Um And it was not just a matter of shipping and weaponry. It was a matter of finding a group of people who were, like, actually trying to make life better for people there and who had proven an ability to do that and then asking those people, what do you need in order to continue to provide security to the people in this region? And it was, broadly speaking, successful, and we've never done anything else like it in our entire history. Well, because that's <laughs> and the, probably I mean, that's, won't again. Well, we know. No, I mean, we've not. already stopped. Yeah. But like, that's the approach, like, that's sort of like what I was getting to earlier. Like it's, uh, I mean, the department of defense, the name, that name alone is just like, come on yes. guys. Because um, nobody any, has attacked us in an organized yeah, way. And like any, any sort of these situations, yeah. like it's not, it's just not our place. And I understand like the moral yeah. issue of like, but this is happening. It's not our place. Um, and, uh, the idea that the solution is to send more weapons into a, a yeah. place like that is just, um, it's just not what to do. And there's no alternative that we've tried that illustrates that. So it's always, the, the argument is always, well, like, well, what else? Like, well, you can't, you can't say nothing else works if you don't do it. And just like, I, I even as, as like climate change gets worse and worse, I keep, I think I've talked to Katie about this, of like, a... <laughs> An actual Department of Defense would pour money, not into uh, weapons or bombs or any of this. It would pour money into the ability to rescue people from dangerous situations and give aid to people who need it. That's how you help people. And that's how you peace keep like that. But not getting involved in the violence or, uh, you know, deciding who gets to come to power. Yeah. Right. Rescue and aid is where our effort and money should go to, if at all, if we're going to be the world police. um, And and refugees. Right. Exactly. And just and but instead, just like sending weapons and bombs and bullets to people. So it's just like so antithetical to the goal. If we actually wanted a department that defended the United States and protected its people from foreign aggression, the best way to do that would be to provide free medical, make medical school and nursing school free and yeah. get as many doctors and nurses as possible and then do what Cuba does and send them everywhere in the world. And send them everywhere. Maybe less people. If the United, if U.S. foreign policy was primarily oriented around sending doctors and food places, it would be harder for people to drum up, you know, desire to attack U.S. interests abroad. Well, because people be like, you mean the guys who sent all those doctors over here? Right. It wouldn't be world police. It would be world doctors. Like, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a, yeah. There's I, it's, I, I it's and it's a dramatic shift, but it's an important one to keep talking about because the, that's because the alternative is just. This is the thorniest part of it for me because I'm I am I'm an internationalist fundamentally. I am a I am a a. This it is our problem if uh, if someone if a dictator in a foreign country uses chemical weapons, biological weapons against his people, because once you break that fucking seal, all of us 
are less safe. And I, I, I think you can you can look at that in the case of Syria, right? You can see that there was no sort of effective, concerted international effort there. And what wound up happening was a brutal grinding war that sent millions and millions of people fleeing the country, which caused a refugee crisis, which fueled the rise of the far right in Europe and the United States to a significant extent and led to more violence internationally and domestically in all of those countries. Like everything is fucking connected. And the fact that Obama's administration completely fucked Syria as they fucked Libya, um, as they fucked up most things that they did yeah. doesn't mean that the answer was yeah. to just ignore the butchering of hundreds of thousands of innocent people because that comes back on your ass too. You can look at the fucking Spanish Civil War if you want to see what happens when you have that sort of a situation and you allow fascists to bomb innocent people. It doesn't stay there. It didn't fucking stay in Spain. Those same bombers were soon in France. We're soon in Northern Africa. We're soon in fucking Ukraine and Russia and Poland. Um, that's the way it works. And it doesn't mean that the answer is to intervene and cause regime changes and like pick leaders for people and support dictators, which, by the way, sp talking about Susan Rice, big fan of a couple of different fucking dictators mm. and strongmen, because the lesson yeah. she took out of Rwanda was you need to have these strong autocratic leaders in places like Ethiopia and Rwanda in order to clamp down on unrest violently so that there's not another genocide, which is the stupidest lesson you could mm. possibly learn from mm. fucking Rwanda. But I don't like Susan Rice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's all very frustrating, and I yeah. don't know how to make the world better but i don't think that the answer is with to her. ignore horrible things that happen yeah. just well, yeah, it's, it's yeah it's difficult because that's i mean that's <sighs> true i don't disagree like we're all in this together that's the point yeah. right we're all in this together we're all can everything's connected we're all connected that's the, that's mm -hmm. the good warm feeling of an idea but the systems and institutions we have in place don't do any of these things for those reasons um and so even supporting like what one could argue is like, well, we have to do something about this. It's not going to go that way. Yeah. Um, and so what is to be done <laughs> other yeah, than, the... other than sending doctors and, and yeah. fucking medicine yeah. and food and like, well, help yeah. people. I don't the know. answer. And I, my position on this has changed and evolved over the years, but the answer I increasingly come to is that is, is twofold. One of which is that you can't just focus on shit that happens in your own backyard and you can't ignore horrible things that happen in other countries and also, the system that we have makes it basically impossible for any intervention to not wind up being cravenly self-interested and fundamentally toxic to the people that it affects. Um, and so we need to burn down Capitol Hill. That's the answer. And on that note. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was fascinating to listen to you guys talk about. Um, but we do have to wrap the episode up. Yeah, okay. For All today, right. just for today. <laughs> for There's today. more. Got, There's more in the future. About, you want um, to talk more about tandemonium? Mm. Yeah, tandemonium. Right. Uh, tandem bicycle? Yeah. Okay, well. Mm. Oh, I just got a notification. Tandora. He just shattered daily COVID records. No. Hell yeah. We're number one. We're number one. I'm the joke so that doesn't get old. You guys can check us out online at Worst Year Pod on Instagram and the Twitter. You can follow us too. We're there. I'm not going to give you our handles because you know it. Or if you don't, that's on you. Um, but stay safe, you know. 
keep walking through that tunnel with your mask. Wash your hands um, as mm-hmm. much as you can. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, yeah. try not to interfere in other countries' stuff. Don't D- stick your metaphorical dick in a more or less literal lamprey. There it is. Don't shut um, down COVID sites to film a bad remake. So okay, well, what if it's advice. a good remake, though? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know yet. What if it's right. 10 things I hate about you Who? over there? Me. You over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we've come oh, to no right. conclusions except for Susan Rice and Neera Tanden aren't great and mm. COVID-19's I also pretty lame. I, also, I imagine we'll have Eric plenty to, to say about uh, appointments in the future. Yeah. We, um, yeah, also, tracked, the, also, but the conversation also, was great. Also, the white men that he's appointing too. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. another Equal time. opportunity. All right. Yeah, yeah. Time. How all could right. anyone not love the left with all of the solutions that we came to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we love agree. We love agreeing with each other and having good <laughs> solutions. I tried. Daniel. Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.